Hey Lakers, welcome to Laker Chat, your limited series podcast with Oswego State graduate students discussing the latest and popular trends, controversies, and innovations in technology and the media. Laker Chat is brought to you by Lizzie Miller, Ashim Calix, Jenna Wilson, and Annabelle Sharon. This series includes three episodes about social media, algorithms, the relationship between social networking sites and artificial intelligence with the United States government, and the controversies following the platforms and their owners. We look forward to you listening to our conversations about important and relevant topics in the media at the peak of our current digital age. So, hello and welcome to Laker Chat. Our show co-hosts are welcomed by Lizzie Miller, Annabelle Sharon, Ashim Kalik, and Jenna Wilson. And today's topic will be TikTok from the point of view of their algorithm, leading to understanding the government and how that affects our current media landscape and consumer behavior. Our first episode will dive into the social media app TikTok. We will discuss the incredibly popular app that appears to be in some hot water lately since it gained the attention of our American government. Many TikTok users know that the app has a sophisticated and adaptive algorithm for their For You pages, but users may not know that TikTok has been experiencing some surveillance controversy. One of the most popular applications in the world is TikTok. Zhang Yiming, a 35-year-old Chinese man, is the brains of TikTok. ByteDance, his business, has experienced explosive growth. According to Forbes, he is worth more than $16 billion, making him the 13th richest person in China. However, right now, the CEO is Xu Chu, who just testified in front of Congress. Congress wants to ban TikTok for Americans due to speculation of cybersecurity risks. Here are some of the hearing. Xu, does TikTok access the home Wi-Fi network only if the user turns on the Wi-Fi. I'm sorry, I may not understand the So if I have a TikTok app on my phone and my phone is on my home Wi-Fi network, does TikTok access that network? It will have to, to get access the network to get connections to the internet, if, if that's the question. Is it possible then that it could access other devices on that home Wi-Fi network? Congressman, we do not do anything that is beyond any industry norms. Um, I believe the answer to your question is no. It could be technical. Let me get back to you. Okay, I'd appreciate it if you could answer that. In 2012, Zhang launched his business by introducing a primarily AI-reliant online news service. He would later develop TikTok, which about 150 million Americans use today. The site TikTok has an algorithm that prioritizes content over anything else. Because of this, it's elevating meme culture to new heights, providing Generation Z a platform to be visible representations of themselves and enabling marketers to motivate their audience in real, enjoyable ways. Unfortunately for avid TikTok users, the U.S. government is looking to ban the app. And since that trial is currently going on, we don't know what the outcome will be. Hopefully, Congress will come to a compromise with the CEO and increase security while keeping the app active. Former President Donald Trump tried to get rid of the app and top branches of the U.S. government and military have banned it from government-issued phones. Also, members of Congress insisted it could be a Trojan horse 
for a secret Chinese propaganda and surveillance machine, therefore prompting the recent hearings against Xu Chu. So let's kick off the episode with a question for us. How often do you use TikTok and is the content on your feed equivalent to your likes and interests? And if you wanted, you can even pull up your screen time on your phone just to really check that real active data. So Jenna, what do you think? So I'm not actually allowed to use TikTok anymore. I had to delete it because of the nature of where I work. Uh, it's to believed to be a security risk and not worth having installed on my phone in order to prevent my work data from being compromised. But when I did have it, I was a very casual user, maybe going on it once a week. But I did have a one hour lockout timer on it. So I didn't waste hours upon hours mindlessly scrolling through it. Thanks, Jenna. So Ashim, what do you think about it? Well, um, firstly, Jenna, I think that's really crazy. And I think it speaks to a lot of, you know, I guess how companies are reacting right now, especially with this all like these news cycles about TikTok and stuff like that. Um, so companies are reacting to TikTok, which is really crazy. And I know your work in terms of federal um, services and stuff like that is super important. But for me, as an active user of TikTok, I don't really see the correlation and I don't see the damage that TikTok sort of does specifically in um, federal services. But who am I to sort of speak? But as an active user of TikTok, I use TikTok every single day. And I think it's super beneficial um, to me because I go to TikTok for mostly everything in terms of like information. So like any sort of curious questions that I have, whether it's like interview prep or like learning how to cook a new recipe or something like that. You know what I mean? Like things that are impactful to my life on a daily basis, I use sort of TikTok as a resource. Um, so I use it every day and I, I don't think it really bothers me and I don't think it's detrimental to my social life at all. I think it's something that I just use as a tool that helps me sort of navigate throughout life. Annabelle, what do you think about it? So I use TikTok in more of a way have to laugh any moment of the day. I do know I have had TikTok be my reign of like 10 hours when I'm at school usually. But when I was home over spring break, it went to a whopping 17 hours overall throughout the week, which is usual. You're supposed to take a break over spring break, but it seems like the majority of my time was on TikTok. Yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's super important. Like, yes, TikTok could be um, a major part of your daily life, but I think it's it's how much we sort of allow it and we implement it in a, in our lives. I feel like as human beings, we should have the common discipline to be able to cut back on certain things that we think is just unhealthy for us and stuff like that. Um, although I use TikTok in my daily life and stuff like that, I don't really see it as something that is completely detrimental to my well-being or my performance level within the classroom or maintaining relationships with my friends and my family. Um, I solely see it as a way in which that I can obtain information um, and use information that's going to be beneficial to me, like I said before. So majority of my time and like videos that I watch on TikTok has to do with a lot of just things that apply to me. So I'm looking at, you know, career sort of advice and stuff like that, or 
bacon videos, which is funny to say, um, but like just a bunch of like cooking videos and things like that, like things that I, I feel like is going to be beneficial to me and is assets to me and stuff. But again, you know, people use it for different reasons and people have different sort of like algorithms and different videos that they've used and different interests, just like Annabelle just said. Um, but I think it's more so it deals with just managing that time and making sure that you are not putting too much into this software system and this AI system where it's like you're distracted from other things. Um, so that's just sort of how I see it. But I do understand that it does have a major impact on people, but I just feel like it just comes down to control, self-control. Ashim, do you think that you're seeing the content that you're seeing because are you physically searching that or do you think it's kind of learning from your other apps or even I know people say, oh, my phone's listening to me or it's absorbing my cookies. Do you do you believe that? Um, specifically for TikTok, no, because there's no correlation between other apps that I use um, on my phone um, in correlation to TikTok at all. Mainly some of the videos that I sort of see that pops up on my For You page on TikTok has to do with things that I've liked, things that I've saved, um, but it has no correlation or no connection to any of the apps that I have on my phone. Instagram is a little bit different because their content is very much so you could drive that and like you could find that. It's more of like self-discovery. Um, and if you don't have any sort of people in your following or whatever like that, that has those some those interests and stuff, those things doesn't pop up on your um, your timeline or whatever. But on TikTok, it's just like, it's all free game, you could say, where it's just like anything could sort of pop up um, and stuff. But I don't think that it has any sort of connection with any other apps that I've used because I haven't seen that, that correlation. So the issues that many people have with a bunch of social media platforms and cookies and all of that stuff, I don't feel like TikTok has that exclusively. Um, but of course, they do have the algorithm. So I guess you could say that's their version of cookies or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see the connection with any other apps on my phone. Yeah, like Ashim said, like most people have those like natural self-restraint, you know, skills. But I think that younger people, especially teenagers and even younger who are using TikTok, who are not fully developed yet mentally, they're like they haven't developed those skills of restraint. And so they're definitely being formed and shaped by TikTok and, you know, habits, because even though like you scroll through TikTok and you get those like random ads in between that says, hold on, stop scrolling, you know, take a break, you know, kids are still going to be scrolling and scrolling. And it really takes the it's a responsibility of the parents in that case to kind of take control and kind of put those limits on how their kids use TikTok. I know because those uh, videos that say that you've been scrolling for so long, like you said, you could just scroll right past it. And there's a joke on TikTok that that they say, like, don't tell me what to do. Like, I'm still going to scroll and <laughs> like being passive yeah. aggressive about it, how they if they don't want to stop, they're not going to stop. So um, and it's great that I know you said something about you putting a lock on it, which is a lot of self-control and not a lot of young people or even people in our generation or millennials do that. So uh, definitely a lot of self-control and, and those that are underage, they do need that parental supervision. Annabelle, uh, did you have anything to add to that before we move on? I do remember like when TikTok first came out, I was the one person who would be like, oh, I'm going to watch this for hours on it. And then I 
would like I'd remember to do homework, but it was not at the right times. And so I eventually put a limit of how long I can use TikTok before it's just like there. And I believe I started out with like an hour, like 45. And then I'm like slowly cutting it down because I'm like, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's not. I know it was some days it was just like, I need to stay off the app. But I was like, what else? else am I going to listen to because I already read like 50 something books that year and everything so it was just like how do I manage the time and everything and also go through it because like you're for some people you have people to talk to for me I was sitting in my room trying to figure out what do I do I I need some I need some form of distraction and I think a lot of people who have stuff like ADHD and all that that's the way how they can get through their world yeah I definitely agree it could be a form of relaxation decompression um do you think it would have been different I know we're in college now we're all graduate students do you think it would have been different if we were in high school and you know it's peak prime time right now I feel like if this was high school I believe I would have had more of a control because like I was at that developmental age where I was like, okay, I don't really need this. Or, okay, I can deal with this. Because, like, when I was younger, I didn't have an iPhone until I was 18. So, most kids get, like, their first iPhone younger than that. Sometimes later. But for me, I didn't get it until I was way older. So, I would have been fine without it. I would have missed having that sort of content but I would have survived because that's the sort of thing that like as a kid you do you go and you're like oh how do I manage the time what do I fill it up with and so that's when we have the distraction sort of thing going like oh I'm just gonna use TikTok to distract me and all that. I did want to try to bring it back to algorithms and our topic so how addictive would you say TikTok is and why do you think that TikTok has become so popular in the last few years. I know I mentioned COVID. Do we think it was because we are on shutdown? We really had nothing to do. So we just turned to our phones or do you guys think there's another reason? And why do you think there is such a pull to, you know, save this app since it's going through these congressional hearings and there's a possibility it could be banned? So... TikTok was originally made as the app Musical.ly and it was just like a form of just expression and all that. The algorithm now is targeted to what mainly I find as in your area. So when I change my location, let's say I go home, I have a totally different for you page than when I'm up at school. Or if I go to Rich Hall or whichever hall I'm in that is a completely different algorithm like if I change my location the algorithm changes with it so it's like a different thing and it I tested this over the break to see if I was going crazy because I was like I'm doing this I must be going nuts and then I talked to like other people and they're having the same thing the algorithm tracks your location without knowing is that dangerous I don't really know. I think it just depends on like where the environment is because when I'm closer to New York City, we have like there's apps with algorithms that track you where you can go. 
there's a way how to turn that off. And if people really are scared about it, they can go turn it off. It's straight in the app. It just depends on where it is. Ashim, do you have anything to add? And again, for me, like I haven't seen any sort of major switch in my algorithm too much. Um, because I feel like a lot of the times the videos that I come up on a consistent basis in one sitting has to do a lot about what I like and what I sort of like save into my phone. So when I exit out the app and I sort of come back maybe two days later or three days later and stuff like that, that content doesn't stay the same for me. It's all about that individual setting or individual sitting that I have or session with that um with the app so i am going to try that i think it's pretty interesting to experiment on but i think what makes tiktok popular is its accessibility to everyone um and how sort of fast you could go through the app and you don't have to sit there for long periods of time to watch long videos um our attention spans are really really short so it kind of just appeals to that and and, you know, it allows people to sort of just build their own fantasy um, within seconds of a couple of videos and stuff like that. So I think it's popular just because a lot of people could interact with it. Um, and it also has the ability to sort of like um, transition into different industries and stuff, um, which we're going to talk about later on. Um, but I just think it's, it's super popular just because it's accessible to everyone and just people are just using it for their benefit. And a lot of people are finding very like-minded people um, on the app. And I think that's super, super important because it allows people to formulate this group of people that think like them, have the same interests as them. Um, and once you sort of have that in, in an app format, um, it could be very, very sort of contagious um, and which could lead to addiction at some point. Um, but again, like we talked about, it's more about that self-control and understanding that too much of something is not always good. Yeah, I really think that TikTok provides a sense of community. And in that community, it, it there's a lot of unique and very niche content. But again, that niche content is developed from its algorithm because the algorithm is learning from other videos you like and other videos that you comment on repost now that's a new feature for tiktok you could repost videos that um people that follow you could see and your searches and how long you've stayed on an app and i know i mean on a video and i know that there is a feature where you could say oh i don't like this kind of content there's a button on it where you could hit that and it won't show you that kind of content anymore but um Again, I think there's a lot of very diverse content. There's comedy, there's music, there's TV shows, dancing, singing. And I know that TikTok was formerly musically, like Annabelle was saying. And before musically, Vine was the top dog for short video content. And that was only six seconds. And now we're up to, what are we, three minutes or even 10 minutes on a TikTok video? And I know, Hashim, you were talking about attention spans. And even 10 minutes might be too long for some users because TikTok's format has kind of morphed the attention span, I believe, of young people. Annabelle, did you also want to talk about what's going on uh, with Congress right now? Yes. Okay, cool. Anyways, welcome to the small part where I'm going to explain why they are asking the questions in such a weird way and why we, we are memeing about them. Anyways, 
Congress cannot specifically ask questions based off of how it is. So if I target a question, it cannot be, oh, why are you trying to be secure on everything? Why are you following my location? We'll use that as an example. We cannot say that. So instead it could say, oh, how come I can see my friend is in one part, but in reality is somewhere else or something along the lines where it doesn't sound like the topic, but is there. And so in reality, these questions sound really funny, but in this case, we cannot target the questions in the sense that they will be like, oh, we're trying to make it sound like it's very bad. It's in the form of, oh, I cannot specifically blame you. I have to ask it in such an odd way that will not make sense to you, but makes sense to the rest of us. And do you think that people are making fun of the way that senators are asking the questions to the CEO because they don't know this kind of information or just because we love TikTok so much that we don't want it to go away? So we'll basically do anything or say anything to kind of save it. It's a mixture of, oh, the elderly are being funny and hey, people don't know how to use the app, but it's just we don't. They just don't, cannot target the questions correctly. I know there was one question based off of filters and sunglasses and dilating eyes that was just like, hey, are you tracking how we are being viewed? Like how much we like the app through that. And so in reality, they couldn't ask it that way. So they were talking more about filters and how that was tracking to see if it was security risk that way. Yeah, I know people were making, I'm on that side of TikTok where they're making fun of the questions and just seeing the reaction of the CEO in that courtroom to these questions. And people are saying it's very embarrassing for uh, the United States to be asking these kinds of questions because it does seem like our officials, our government officials don't know what they're talking about. I mean, I know individuals in the older generations may not know exactly how the internet works or how certain applications work or the ins and outs of applications like we do. So it may be coming off as um, crazy or insane or stupid, just the way that they are wording it. But um I know that a lot of people are talking about this hearing and I know that it is kind of scary, especially for those that use the app as some form of decompression or uh, use the app to like Ashim does look up recipes. I do that. I look at videos to work out or makeup tutorials or restaurants to try in whatever city I'm going to. I think I planned my whole Boston trip through TikTok. So it's definitely very helpful in a way, but I know that it is pretty dangerous and I know that there are dangers to it, but do you think that this question could go for anybody? Uh, do you think that TikTok is dangerous and do you think that TikTok ne negatively affects the mental or physical well-being of young people? I know, Jenna, you were talking about um, also the music industry and the effects that it has on the music industry. And I know that TikTok does have a 
big influence on the music industry, the radio industry, because if you just turn on the radio in your car, it's kind of a repeat of what you're seeing on your For You page. Okay. Uh, TikTok became an international overnight success and its effects on pop culture can definitely be seen in the recording industry, for example. The app has unique interfaces and features that utilize artist music and distribute it to mass audiences online. It is being used as a promotional tool in the music industry to publicize new songs and upcoming artists, as well as acting as a bridge to gap the divide between generations of music lovers and as a space for content creators and influencers to reinvent themselves as quote unquote pop stars. So I found this NPR article from last year titled why the music industry is paying close attention to TikTok. And this article describes how users are able to create longer videos that allow a wider range of creativity and freedom with the ability to upload their own audio as well. Tatiana Sirsano, a music industry analysis, reported that TikTok has changed music listening from being a one-way relationship where a song comes out and you listen to it on your own to something you actually participate in. TikTok is like peak user-generated content in that way. Another standout piece of evidence from this article is that there has been a rapid development of celebrity culture on TikTok through the use of music, and that could propel individuals to fame. And that has become one of the most significant and controversial outcomes of the app. Many emerging artists have reported that they saw growth in their careers because the app allowed exposure and invited virality into their music. For example, Tyler Cullen, a former basketball player and television personality, he reinvented himself as a musical artist known as Ty Verdes. In 2019, he then sang his original song, Stuck in the Middle, in a TikTok. And when it began to seriously trend, record labels recognized the hype surrounding Verdes and they took him under his wing. And that they ended up producing a full-length album and sending him on a world tour. I mean, that's kind of, that's really interesting um, that you brought that up, especially um, your article, Jenna, because when I read your article, um, I immediately thought about, you know, how I tend to learn songs that are really popular to me today. Most of them are from TikTok. And a lot of the time I discover new artists from TikTok. And nowadays I can, I kind of see the trend in artists make music specifically for TikTok in order for it to be able to blow up on TikTok so the music could actually blow up in like real life. So oftentimes you find a lot of artists who make sort of certain songs that you could kind of make quick little dances to, you know what I mean? So that that can become very popular and catchy and stuff like that. Um, so oftentimes you kind of see a lot of artists make songs on like music and stuff like that to appeal to TikTok, the platform, because it provides them the opportunity to really go viral. Um, so you see a lot of like African artists or like, what's the name? Olivia Rodrigo, I think that's what it's called, right? Her song kind of blew up on TikTok. I never knew who she was before I heard all of those songs on TikTok. Billie Eilish has gone viral on TikTok and stuff. And you tend to sort of see, just like you said, um, Jenna, a lot of times artists sort of revamp their careers based on songs that they made years ago that was never popular that people sort of catch on to now and all of a sudden just becomes popular. And I think that's super important because I think that is a major reason why Congress um, and a lot of sort of lawmakers are, are seeking to sort of like 
try to place a ban on it because they're realizing that TikTok goes beyond just the influence of everyday people. Um, it starts to sort of infiltrate other industries and other um, forms of media and stuff like that. So it becomes very difficult for them to control it. Um, so I think that's why there's a lot of pushback from lawmakers and stuff. But again, it's it's an important argument to have because there are lawmakers right now who are pushing back and saying that they don't want it to be banned. So I know um, the article that I sort of found um, after the hearing on Thursday was um, Ale Alexandria um, Ocasio-Cortez, so AOC. Um, she came out and spoke against the ban because she actually thinks TikTok is really, really beneficial to everyone. And she actually created her first TikTok after the hearing, um, speaking against the ban. And coming from a congresswoman, that's a major deal. Hey everyone, this is Rep AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and this is my first TikTok. Now, this is not only my first TikTok, but it is a TikTok about TikTok. Now, this week, the CEO of TikTok came and testified before Congress as there is growing rumblings and discussion over a nationwide ban on the app. Do I believe TikTok should be banned? No. Why should TikTok not be banned? First of all, I think it's important to discuss how unprecedented of a move this would be. The United States has never before banned a social media company from existence, from operating in our borders. And this is an app that has over 150 million Americans on it. Some of the arguments about banning TikTok have come in with respect to uh, discussions around Chinese surveillance and utilization of, of data that is tracked and the enormous amount of tracking uh, on US citizens that, and data that is harvested by TikTok. And they say, because of this egregious amount of data harvesting, we should ban this app. However, that doesn't really address the core of the issue, which is the fact that major social media companies are allowed to collect troves of deeply personal data about you that you don't know about without really any significant regulation whatsoever. In fact, the United States is one of the only developed nations in the world that has no significant data or privacy protection laws on the books. The EU, for example, has something known as the GDPR, which really forces an, an enormous amount of protection on individual users and the amount of data uh, that companies can collect about you without your knowledge. So to me, the solution here is not to ban an individual company, but to actually protect Americans from this kind of egregious data harvesting that companies can do without your significant ability to say no. And usually when the United States is proposing a very major move that has something to do with significant risk to national security, one of the first things that happens is that Congress receives a classified briefing. And I can tell you that Congress has not received a classified briefing around the allegations of national security risks regarding TikTok. So why would we be proposing a ban regarding such a significant issue without being clued in on this at all? It just doesn't feel right to me. And additionally, this case needs to be made to the public. We are a government by the people and for the people. And if we want to make a decision as significant as banning TikTok, 
and we believe, or someone believes, that there's really important information that the public deserves to know about why such a decision would be justified, that information should be shared with the public as well. But frankly, I think a lot of this is putting the cart before the horse because our first priority should be in protecting your ability to exist without social media companies harvesting and commodifying every single piece of data about you, without you, and without your consent. Even within Congress, you tend to see that there is this tug of war battle um, between lawmakers to figure out if this is something beneficial. And I think a lot of times it's just this argument is going on because there's not many control. There's no control over it. And I think lawmakers are trying to find ways to sort of regulate that. And because they can't, because it's a private company, um, there's some sort of difficulty in doing so. But I think it's super important to, to have because it, it allows us to sort of um, be flexible in different industries and different areas of life. So, Yeah, I agree. And I think even politicians making a stance like that by posting their own content on TikTok is sending out a message in itself. And I agree. I think it's important that we're having this kind of conversation because I do understand the security risk because it's not an American company and you can't have access to all the data and what they're doing and um, their algorithm because it's always changing similar to Google. So I can understand why they're worried, but also there's a lot of other things that they could be uh, arguing about right now. And there's a lot of other things that they could be making legislation on right now, but um, we're here and that's what they're worried about right now. So we just got to wait to see what they say. But in reality, from the hearing, it sounded like they were really trying to change. And that's what, when I was looking at it in the first place for TikTok, it sounded like they were trying to change stuff over to the United States and they have done that with like interns and everything. But the evidence from years ago in the last hearing does not show that. So thank you for listening. We hope you liked this episode or learned more about TikTok its crazy algorithm, and the current legal issues the social media app is facing. We look forward to you listening to our next podcast episode about the technology company Meta. Have a great day, Lakers.